You are listening to Smaller on the Outside, the first, best, and only 24 podcast that you just can't miss. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and visit our webpage at sotopodcast.wordpress.com. The following takes place between 4 a.m. and 5 a.m. on the day the entire world went racist. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Smaller on the Outside, or as I would like to call it, SOTOCAST. My name is Dave, and I'll be your CTU agent this evening, and with me, as always, is the analyst. Andy. That's right. Uh, so today, we finished our sixth season of 24, which we'll get into in just a little bit. But let's first talk announcements, alright? First and foremost, we talked a little bit last time about Netflix and how it, it said that it was uh, 24 was expiring on the first day of April. But we didn't know if they were going to, you know, renew it. But then there was an article that said, yes, you know, it's leaving. And then when April 1st came around, we we're about to watch, like, the end of season six, or close to yeah. it at least, we found that there was no 24 left. But the good thing is... Like, where's 24? And they're like, oh. <laughs> good thing is we do... Now own all the seasons, most on DVD, but a couple on Blu-ray, uh, and we also have access to uh, 24 Redemption, which comes before the next season, uh, which we're going to talk about in the next podcast episode. Um, also, I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, well, I may not speak up as much on this episode. Like you always speak up, which is or. Uh, or, uh, or you may hear some coughing that's not edited out. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it's like, you, you <laughs> like, say that as if you talk up, uh, talk, speak up a lot in these episodes. I speak up when I can. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that means basically he's sick right now. I'll be sick in the next episode, probably. <laughs> or somewhere in between. Uh, before 24 Day 6 began, we were given another prequel. Called the 24 Day Six Prequel. Great name. <laughs> yes, uh, this one was uh, pretty much Jack being interrogated in China, being asked, you know, who's working in your government as a kind of a double agent between your government and ours, uh, so we can kill him. But Jack has not spoken like the entire time he's been there, and uh, he just he does not, you know, he he'll allow himself to die before he gives away this information. So what the Chinese do is they get the um, uh, some American spies to come and work for them, or actors or something, to work for them, and they act like they're breaking him out of this prison. And he goes along with it, kind of suspicious, but they seemingly shoot down some Chinese people, so he kind of grows to trust them a little bit. Yeah. Until they get to this... Uh, this point where they ask him, okay, do you know this guy? He's been working with us. Do you, you know him, right? And then Jack just kind of nods. He doesn't say yes. He just nods. And then Chang shows up uh, and he shoots the dude in the face. He says, thank you, Mr. Bawa. <laughs> now here's the thing. I think this prequel was good in the fact that it showed that he never talked. I think that's important because that actually comes up later uh, in a in the season as well as the uh, pro, uh, epilogue to the season, mm -hmm. uh, but um, I don't like the fact that Jack does say, "Yeah, I know this guy," because I think he would have been smarter than that. I think he would be smarter than that, but then again, he just went through like was, crazy torture. Yeah, but he was just asked about that specific agent. <laughs> I don't think Jack would fall for that. He was asked about two different uh, guys. Yeah, but he, but that agent was one of them specifically. So I think he would have just gone with, no, I don't, I don't know who he is. Uh, and then, you know, if they were the real guys, they would have just kept going, you know, and then it would have been fine. Yeah. So that was our prequel. Uh, pretty good. Uh, all the pre prequels are pretty decent. I think they're getting a little bit better as time goes by, but I think that's pretty much the last prequel. It's so. the last, yeah. It's the last actual prequel, unless you count the <laughs> the sequel of season six as a prequel to season 
It's seven. not. No, it doesn't have anything to do with. Doesn't have anything seven. to do with season seven. Doesn't even it have anything could. to do with redemption. Well, well, I'll I'll try to remind me. There is a possible explanation for what its connection is. Mm. You can note that down. I have I have a comment on that. Right. So, twenty-four day six. Oh, otherwise known as the one with the suitcase nukes. Your president has paid a great price for Mr. Bauer's freedom. What you want from him must be very important. In the last 11 weeks, our cities have been targeted by a series of terror attacks. We're asking you to sacrifice yourself. The things that they're talking about doing, this country will never recover. Do you understand the difference between dying for something and dying for nothing? Today, I can die for something. Two-night premiere event this January on Fox. Well, sort of. Yeah. It's not... I it's mean, okay, this is this season, first of all, has once again two acts. We haven't seen this since season three. A two-act format. I'd say two-thirds of it is the suitcase news. Yeah. The, the, the rest of it is probably... It's all related to the suitcase news. It's all related to the suitcase news because then it goes into the FB subcircuit board, which was part of the suitcase news. Yep. So it's all, you know, it's the suitcase nukes season. It's the one that you're going to remember most of being the suitcase nukes or the one with the rest of Jack Bauer's family. The one with the actual successful nuclear explosion. Yeah, it, it, there's a lot of cool things that happen in this uh, season. It's actually... Uh, I'm actually surprised because I almost like it as much as season five. Um, I definitely love the beginning, the first four episodes. I don't think it's as good as season five to me. It's it's good though. So let's uh, set up the season here. First of all, Jack has been captive to Chinese with by the Chinese for almost two years, two, 20 months to be exact. Uh, he hasn't spoken a word in the entire time he was he was there. And he is on his way to America for a deal that the president has recently made. And he's just, he's not looking so good. He kind of looks like Santa Claus. He's got the big long beard. And the, uh, he's got scrapes and bruises and lots of scars. The current president of the United States is Wayne Palmer. Uh, <laughs> if you don't know why we're doing these weird names this way... It's because we had an old show. Uh, back in the 2000, 2008, something like that, we uh, had this other podcast uh, that nobody listened to called The Extraordinary Project. We basically... So basically the same as now. <laughs> we have listeners. We have oh, listeners. Okay. Um, but it was called The Extraordinary Project, and we pretty much talked about every single show that we watched, which we couldn't even possibly do today if we even tried. Yeah. Because we're paying attention to 50, 60 shows <laughs> right now. So, but but one of those shows, one of the main ones that we talked about was 24, and we had all these silly this names. This was while the season was still airing. Yeah, and we had all these silly names for all the people. And well, this not, not silly names, silly ways of saying the names. Silly, name, silly ways of saying the names, and it was during this season that we podcasted. So there, there's podcasts somewhere out there that that have... Yeah, probably gone. That were, <laughs> I think Mom has on. Um... But yeah, okay, so Wayne Palmer is the president, and his chief of staff is this guy named Tom Lennox. You'll, Lennox, you'll, you'll hear... Uh, Lennox. Lennox. You'll hear uh, a little bit more about him as the time goes on. Uh, Bill Buchanan and Karen Hayes, they are now married. Uh, that was hinted at at the end of last season, basically. Bill is head of CTU. Bill! 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 And, uh... Karen is working for the NSA or something, but he, she's like working she was at still, the White House. She was working for the NSA last uh, last season, uh, and she was national security, and they were taking. She was over Homeland Security. Oh, Homeland Security. Yeah, but they're married now, uh, and there's been a lot of attacks on America at this point. Lots of uh, America's been under siege. There's been a lot of suicide bombings all over the country, and it's getting. Uh, the country uh, really racist. <laughs> I mean, really racist. Everyone's looking at all of everybody who looks Middle Eastern, yeah. and you know, we 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 did that a little bit after 9/11, but this is kind of insane. 
And they believe that the man responsible. Not we personally. <laughs> we as uh, Americans as a whole. Oh, okay. Uh, this guy named uh, Hassan, they believe, is responsible. Assad. Assad? Assad. Okay, whatever. Assad, they believe, is responsible for these bombings. You racist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, there's, a, there's also a rant random family of, of neighbors that one of them's a Muslim teenager and he's he's in fact actually part of the entire uh, played by Cal uh, Penn otherwise known as Kumar in the Harold and Kumar franchise That's right. all right so the CTU agents uh, this season are Nadia Yasser she's a, a Muslim Good job. <laughs> she's she yeah she's actually she's an American Muslim that's uh, working for CPU and she, she's able to uh, translate stuff like that. And obviously because of that she is often looked at with suspicion. Oh yes. Uh, Milo Pressman's back since season one, two, something. I think he was two. just season one. And he just kind of shows back up randomly with no it explanation. might have been two, but yeah, I think it was season one. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah, it was season one. And the in the movie. second half, we're introduced to Mike Doyle, uh, who's pretty much Jack Bauer. You know, he he's got the same role. Or uh, you could c consider him like Chase, but a little bit more psycho. Psycho. At least towards the beginning. <laughs> okay, so he gets he gets better throughout the season. Okay, so like I said, there's these bombings that's going around uh, the city and the world and stuff like that, <laughs> the country. And in order to stop them, President Palmer, uh, Wayne Palmer, he makes a deal with the Chinese to get Jack Bauer back just to hand him over to Fayed Ali, who will in turn give them the location of Assad. Abu Fayed. You're thinking of Syed Ali. I know. <laughs> Abu Fayed. Abu Abu Fayed. Okay. Did you write Fayed? I did. I said Fayed Ali, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's because most of them are times, I'll just say Fayed. Yeah. Um, but he's basically going to... Um, he wants Jack Bauer for some reason, and in turn he'll give the U.S. government the location of Assad, who they've been looking for this whole time. And so they said, okay, apparently, so the president uh, gets Jack Bauer from the Chinese. Somehow he gives them something. We don't know what that is. He might have explained it, but I just didn't. I missed that. Yeah, but Jack's—he's willing. You know, he hands himself over. He's willing to die because it's for a reason. You know, he doesn't want to die for nothing. That's why he held on for so long with the Chinese. He doesn't want to die for nothing. But then he finds out that Fayed's actually responsible for all these attacks, and that he will die for nothing. So Jack's not gonna let that happen. He's not gonna let that happen. Now he uh, bites this guy in the jugular, right? Vampire style. Vampire style, like uh, Rick, Rick style. Uh, Rick. Or Rick did it Jack style. When, the when Walking Dead. Oh, that's a. I was thinking Rick from season one, but. Oh, Rick. <laughs> no, no, He's no. Spoiling The Walking Dead now. Okay. It's okay. This is not about The Walking Dead. So we can include spoilers for anything we want. Yes. All right. Um, but he bites this dude's neck and he gets out of there because he has to warn CTU that Assad is actually trying to help them. He he, uh, he has turned on his own people, and he's willing to help... Uh, well, he hasn't turned on his own people, he, exactly. He's, he's just changed his ways. Yeah, he wants to help the government find... He wants to convince his people... Oh, yeah, he wants to him. convince his people, but he also wants to help these uh, stop these attacks, and that, yeah. that also means helping the government. But the thing is that CTU is firmly believing that this guy is still the terrorist. No matter that Jack just warned them that he's not and Fayed's actually the guy behind it. No, they're still going after him. As with every season, the moral of the story is why Ignore didn't, Jack. Why didn't you just listen to Jack? If you just listened to the Jack, if you just listened to Jack, this season would have been one hour long. Yes. <laughs> so what they're going to do is instead of raiding this guy's house, they are going to bomb the house. And I think it's like in a suburban area. And they're just gonna bomb it. <laughs> so uh, well, it was a it was a small bomb, just enough for a house. They're like, we can't risk him getting away, so let's bomb the thing. He finds Assad and saves him. 
and together they stop this train bombing um, but not before you find out Jack's having trouble he's having trouble interrogating people oh the subway yeah he, he goes down to a subway and he finds this dude who's about to suicide bomb himself and Jack him out the back. He, he kicks him out the back window of the train which is pretty cool after that they learn that the suicide bombings were all a ruse to release someone from prison to construct something called a suitcase nuke. So basically, Jack, Curtis, and some random CTU staff rush to this house where Kumar is. <laughs> right? And because it was a random... Uh, <coughs> what was his oh, name? Uh, I forget his name. I'm just going to call him Kumar, though. That's okay. pretty good. He was a uh, Kumar dude was holding this family hostage, and he lets the mom go stupidly because she calls CTU, and that's how she gets the information to Jack. And so now they bombarded the house and Coomer's kind of killed in the process but the kid from Forbidden Kingdom he's able to tell Jack where the the construction of the suitcase nuke is Jack relays that information to Bill Bill! the fact of the matter is at this moment Curtis hates Assad right he's been working alongside Jack and Assad this whole time but now things are kind of dying down a little bit. They know well, you, where the you can tell the whole time Curtis is not too happy about working with him. Right. He he's doing his job though. He's doing his job. He doesn't really like what he's doing, but he's doing it. After they find out where the suitcase nukes location is, things kind of die down a little bit, and Curtis finds this as an opening to kill Assad. Because Assad killed his team. We in call the this past. his team. It, it was kind of out of character for this because Curtis is is one of the by the books guys I've ever seen on the show. Yeah. He never lets anything get to him. True. But he puts a gun up to Assad's head and Jack has to kill him because the president actually pardoned Assad and he had to go through with saving his life. That meant killing Curtis. So Jack throws up and he says to Bill, he's like, I am done with this. I am done. But the suitcase nuke goes off. They, well, the CTU team gets there. They, they get there. But it's too late. It's too late because it's not led by anybody anybody important. So it goes off and there's a big nuclear explosion in the background, big uh, mushroom cloud, and it's like insane because this is like one of the actual biggest successful attacks that 24 has actually faced. Possibly the biggest, but I don't remember the rest of the series. The blast radius was one square mile. Basically, Assad has given CTU some information, right? And Jack traces it somehow to Philip Bauer, his dad. However, his dad's gone missing uh, currently, and so he decides to go find his brother instead. His name's Graham, and he's Bluetooth guy! Blue Bluetooth guy! From last season. I was like, this guy's important. He has to be important. You, I completely you didn't forgot. didn't hear our last podcast, this is the guy in season five who was basically controlling uh, yeah, he was, Charles uh, Logan and, <laughs> and his as well as other people like, uh, what was his name? Uh, Walt Cummings. Walt Cummings. Walt yeah. Cummings. Yeah, he he was a very he was he could make anybody do whatever he wanted, very much like Stephen Saunders in an earlier season, yeah. but in a different way. But basically, Bluetooth guy is in fact Jack Bauer's brother, Graham. Um, so Jack decides he needs to find his father, so he immediately interrogates his brother by putting a bag over his head, gets him to confess that the nukes that were. Uh, the nukes, the suitcase nukes, were stolen from him in a decommissioning and recycling gig his job does, or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, to find more information... Occasionally, nuclear bombs are destroyed, and that, I guess that's part of the process. I guess so. And uh, to find Philip Bauer, uh, they decide to take take a ride to his father's office. And by the way, we're, we're kind of hinted at this point that Jack's had a relationship with Graham's wife at some point, and their son looks like Kim. <laughs> Josh. But, but, it sounded it sounded like it was probably long before, like a long time ago. We used to be friends. Yeah. All right. Um, when they get to the office, he finds Graham's motives aren't quite as innocent and and uh, stupid as he originally thought his brother was. As he and his father, uh, Philip, shows up at the office, they're both taken captive, and Graham pretty much, you know, he orders them to their deaths, right? Yep. Takes them out to the desert, puts a gun up to their head. But Jack, 
and Philip escape, and then Jack has to interrogate Graham one more time, who tells him that he ordered the hit on Palmer, Tony, and Michelle because there has always has to be someone else. And when <laughs> when Jack leaves, his dad, Philip, kills Graham. So now Philip's bad, and also Philip had some kind of role in killing Palmer, and he had to stop him from. He had to stop Graham from babbling about his involvement. Uh, There's really a long chain of command in, in everything that happened in season five. Yeah, it's pretty insane. Um, <laughs> but at this point, the terrorists, you know, we got Fayed, we got Gradenko. We don't have Gradenko yet. He, he'll show up later. Um, but they need a computer reverse engineer or engineer or something to create this device that helps them... Uh, Arm. The arm these suitcase nukes and the uh, engineer they find for that is Morris O'Brien who full uh, okay Morris uh, Morris O'Brien right he showed up last season he showed up last season he's uh, Chloe's uh, ex. ex but now he's dating her again <laughs> yep. um, so to find out who's the engineer that they're looking for he has this image that he has to enhance <laughs> Now, enhancing in TV and movies, you know, it's kind of a little over the top at times. But for the most part, if you're, if you're just okay, really, so ma- if you're, if you don't understand computers, okay, so they're just making a blurry picture sharper. Yeah, it, to it, people it, who don't understand computers, for, that for, makes sense. Yeah, for people who don't understand how computers work, or if they're really involved with the movie or TV show, you know, it it doesn't make much of a difference. But what he was doing here. He was taking this, like, white picture with black streaks, like, diagonal streaks. Basically looked like static. It looked like nothing. Yeah. And he was doing this. Complete noise. He was like, I'm going to fix this computer by enhancing it. And he's got this program just just automatically running. And it's pulling this picture out of its butt or something because it came out of nowhere. Because all it was was this white and black streaks and that was it how do you pull a picture out of that I have no idea anyways <laughs> the terrorists do in fact find him right and they uh, he, he folds under pressure pretty easily because he's not an agent and he gives them what he wants he gives them something that works and that's like a huge thing that's dogging on him for the rest of the season he, uh, he just did something bad he made a boo-boo. When Graham was married to his wife, Marilyn, she wanted to find anything that could grant her custody of their son <laughs> if they got a divorce. So when she thought of uh, he was cheating, she followed him to a house that uh, may be actually be a home of a terrorist. What was his name? Gradenko. Did you skip the fact that Graham said? No. I said Philip Gilden. Oh, okay. So basically, she may not may, may know the house of this guy Gradengo, who is the uh, supplier of these suitcase nukes in the first place. Um, so Jack's like, "I'm gonna take you for a ride. We're gonna try to find this house, so we can stop Gradengo." And uh, the thing is, Philip Bauer from CTU actually calls Marilyn and tells her that if she tells Jack the right location, he's going to hurt Josh. And then he tells her to go to a different house with Jack. Jack doesn't have any idea what she's doing. She takes him to the other house, and that house explodes. Pretty much everybody but Jack gets out alive. (laughs) Right? No, other way around. around. Other way around. Everybody but Jack dies. (laughs) Pretty much everybody but Jack. And then Jack died. (laughs) Dang it! Basically, uh, Jack's angry at Marilyn because he thinks she gave him up. That. Gradenko called her up and she gave his location up. Gradenko. He's ready to kill her. He's ready to kill her. <laughs> but, and you know, he doesn't trust any woman in his life. He doesn't trust anybody that's, that's in his, part of his family. That's right. Including Kim. Now, um, <laughs> Kim, I don't think, was Kim even mentioned this season? She was mentioned. Mentioned? Yeah. Um, but she's like, no, 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 it was Philip Bauer that called me. He's like, <gasps> what? Yeah, so Jack's uh, answer for this problem is he's going to trade his own life for Josh's so Josh can have, you know, a full life. Philip's about to kill him, right? Jack's like, what are you waiting for? And he's gone, and he finds a random phone on the roof, 
waiting for him that says, Jack, call this number. And when he does, lo and behold, the man who picks up on the other line is none other than President Charles Logan. He says, I take it you haven't found Gradenko yet. <laughs> so, so Logan's back. Logan knows more about what's going on. Of he does because he's been working with the Bowers. Uh, Which, you know, makes sense. It makes sense. He was working with Bluetooth guy. He's working uh, with Graham. Bluetooth guy, so obviously, you know, it had to have something to do with that. I didn't think Gradenko actually had anything to do with Palmer. Gradenko! Oh. There's a connection. There's just a connection through the yeah, Bowers. Yeah. Um, but Charles Logan has told, uh, tells Jack that he, because uh, because he worked with the Bowers, he has connections to Gradenko, and the best way to get information is to go through the Russian consulate. Uh, he actually has Markov. connections about Gradenko through the Russian consulate. Yeah, he does. Because he, of his presidency. He does, yeah. Um, he says, but the best way to get information is to go to this Russian consulate and get this uh, diplomat dude, Markov. He's played by, uh, what's his name? <laughs> the guy from Fringe? Yeah. Uh, John Noble. Gradenko. Yeah. Um, so Markov's played by John uh, Noble, and uh, he has apparently close, uh, more closer ties to Gradenko. Gradenko. But the thing is, he lies that he even has these connections. So Jack Bauer has to pull a season four. Right, season four? And what are you talking about? Breaking into the consulate. Uh, yes. Yeah. Jack has to pull a season four and break into, uh, breaks the sanctity of the consulate to interrogate Markov, and he cuts off the dude's finger. Um, <laughs> but, and that actually works because he gives him the location, but Jack is taken, uh, taken into custody and unable to pass along the information. That was frustrating. It was frustrating. But, uh, all the meanwhile... <laughs> Every single, I, I think everywhere that Jack goes this season, the presidency is willing to blow up. Or <laughs> blow up or raid or something. Like, Jack's always in trouble because of the White House. Yeah. First it was uh, the Assad place. Yeah. Now it's going to be the consulate because the presidency is like, let's go after, you know, the go after Nobody Markov. trusts that Jack knows what he's doing. Right, right. And uh, basically, Yus is planning to strike the consulate if Markov doesn't hand himself in. So Logan must talk his wife Martha into talking to the Russian president's wife, so she would talk to the pre Russian president Yuri. And Yuri would then talk Markov into handing himself in. But Markov says no to the president, so he allows the United States to actually attack the consulate. Therefore. Jack isn't wanted by the Russians by the end of the season. Gradenko's working on some drones at this point. Gradenko! And uh, he's, uh, he sent one off with a nuke on board uh, based on the location that Markov gave Jack. Um, they find a drone that Gradenko's sending off. There's a nuke on board and they're actually able to stop it from detonating but the radiation was starting to spill all over the place. What happened with that? Jack flies... Jack, Jack flew the drone. Yeah, and then it lands and the radiation's filling. But it was, yeah, because he had to make a sharp turn to make to prevent it from entering the city, it was stalling, and so it crashed. And so the bomb cracked open and the radiation spilled out. Yeah. But did we know anything more about what happened after that? How they contained it? Because they kept backing away from it, like, let's not be here. It was probably just, you know, a typical hazmat, whatever or not nonsense. Right. But so that was actually the second suitcase nuke that was taken care of, so there is now three left? At this point, is uh, is Noah Daniels president? Mm. Noah Daniels is president? Well, he's, he's acting taking president. over. Yeah. Acting president. So For the first time. So season. because of this, <laughs> Noah Daniels is ready to nuke Russia. Yeah, he's like he, anything, uh, basically we're gonna, uh, I'll talk a little bit more about the uh, the presidential uh, thing was the, was the subplot that's going on, but basically at this point, President Noah Dan uh, Vice President Noah Daniels is uh, <laughs> he he loves war. He yeah. really really loves war. He's like a white supremacist uh, KKK leader that um, hates all other. Countries. He, he's just waiting for a tiny little uh, reason to go into World War Three. 
And he Actually, was. Actually, it's not Russia, is it? Is it Russia he's wanting? He's to Russia. Follow? Yeah. I think so. I was yeah. thinking maybe it might have been. Uh, no, no, no. It was. It was India? Was it? Or not India? Not it yet. was. Uh, One of the three Fayed's, countries. Fayed's, Fayed's country. Fayed's country. <laughs> yes. So he wanted to bomb Fayed's country. Yes. Um, but he wanted to bomb it anyways. When the the nuke was in the drone flying, he was like, "If it detonates, you know I'm gonna wage war upon you." And then when it doesn't, he's like, "Well, the radiation's still gonna kill some Americans. So I'm gonna, I'm still gonna blow you up." Yeah, he was just he was insane. Basically, it was yeah, it's because these people were you know Arab and he most likely is is racist against that. Yeah, but a uh, little. Well, uh, Long story short, it doesn't actually happen because uh, Wayne Palmer interferes. Well, they wake him back up. They wake him back up, and he he assumes the presidency. Yep. Um. So. The pilot of the, the the original pilot of this drone that had the nuke in it led had some information that led Jack to a pair of brothers, and one of them has connections to Gradenko. And uh, they were actually uh, able to get Gridenko through these brothers. Um, I forget what they were doing. Um, they had something for... It was kind of a throwaway plot. It was, but in the end, Jack got to Gridenko. Yeah. So that was important. And what his importance for Jack is so they would finally lead him to Fayette. So they put a tracker in this guy's arm, <laughs> Right. They're like, all right, now you walk there, you'll be alone. They won't be even be able to tell you have a track in your arm. You're gonna be good. He simply walks down to Fayette, says, "Listen, there's some CTU agents outside. Cut off my arm." <laughs> and then he cuts off his arm, and he like dies a few minutes later because of blood loss. But uh, he escapes with Fayette first, and then Fi he uh, ba backsteps Fayette for some reason. Jack gets Fayette for the first time. Yeah, why did he? Why was he? Why did he have his arm cut off if he's just gonna give Fayed up? Uh, it away? didn't make a lot of sense it because didn't. he gave up Fayed and then he trailed under. He walked under the pier and then died, and I no think one the ever. The idea was to uh, get people to stop looking at him because of his bleeding arm. To get you know. The it's embarrassing. Take the well, no, <laughs> take the attention off of him so that he could escape or something. He didn't get very far. No, he didn't. He walked a few steps and died. But now Jack has Fayette. Okay, so yeah. Uh, CTU can't get much information out of Fayette. So what they do is they get these actors to play terrorists. And they get them to hijack a transport vehicle. And they're like, listen, we're on your side. Tell us where the rest of the suitcase nukes are. And, well, it doesn't go very well. <laughs> and I don't know how, but Fayette's somehow able... To kill everybody in an armored yeah, that truck. Was a little iffy. He had like one little gun with everybody else's armed, right? In this truck. In this armored truck. And he kills everybody. We can't see it. We just know it happens. Uh, and he escapes. And Jack finds him hanging out by a garbage truck, hangs onto the bottom of this truck while it drives around across. And this is some of the most coolest shots I've ever seen in yeah, 24. It looks pretty real. You know, you see it from a far distance distance this uh this garbage truck driving down the street and then the camera pans down in like one shot and you see Kiefer Sutherland underneath this truck and you're starting to worry you know is Kiefer Sutherland actually under this truck what's going on here yeah I don't know how they well I mean was he held up by suspension or what's going on and why didn't he just hang on to the back of the truck it's a trash truck <laughs> they have specific places for people to hang on to <laughs> well he didn't want to be seen when he went into the building Anyways, uh, Fayed actually leads him to the two remaining suitcase nukes, um, and Jack kills Fayed. Kicks some butt. He kicks some butt, some kung fu butt, and then the first threat is neutralized. He kills him John McClane style. He does. He puts a chain around the dude's neck, pulls. Yep. He says, "Say hello to your brother for me," because <laughs> he killed his brother at some point. Yeah. We don't know who the brother is. It doesn't matter. Was it the guy that he bit into his neck? Sure. Why not? No, it's not. He, the whole reason why Fayed wants to, Jack in the first place is because sometime in the past, Jack killed his brother. Oh. Yeah. Maybe the guy he bit was his other brother. I don't know. The second act, like we said, was had to do with the FB sub-circuit board, which is some kind of piece in the bomb. Um, the that whole, apparently has enough information to completely take down the Russians. 
And uh, basically, the Chinese are back. They're telling Jack, bring this FB sub-circuit board to us. We know you just... I don't know how they knew the threat was done. But they're like, listen, we know the threat's done. You bring this to us, we'll give you Audrey. She's still alive. Help me, Jack. Don't let them do this to me. Yep. Oh, Audrey's alive. Oh, but earlier in the season, they were telling Jack that she's dead. Yeah. You can't skip over that. That's all right. But basically, she was supposed to be dead. She's not, because everybody faked she her death. She went to China to try to, yeah. to help him escape, and she got into apparently got into a car crash that killed her, but it turns out the Chinese actually staged that car crash and took her hostage. She's been taken. When <laughs> I need a particular set of skills. Um... Basically, uh, um, he the first impulse that Jack gets is he's gonna steal this circuit board, but he's stopped by uh, but uh, Wayne Palmer okay's this mission until he passes out a second time, a second before Noah Daniels. Noah Daniels is again uh, admitted into presidency and he <laughs> immediately stops this mission. Yeah, well, the uh, Wayne Palmer passes out like a second before Noah Daniels was going to resign. Yes. Which is funny. That's, he, he passes out in front of everybody during a presidential wow. Press conference, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then we never see him again. Noah Daniels says, no, don't do it, and then Jack, that doesn't stop him, you know, he just knocks Doyle out Doyle. and has a plan anyways. He's going to turn over to the, uh, the circuit board, but once Audrey's Free of the area, he's just gonna blow them all uh, to smithereens, including himself. Including himself in the process. But the thing is, Doyle, Doyle. screws everything up because he Pickles. follows him to this location. It's actually partially Nadia's fault too. Cause she said, "Don't let him, uh, don't let Jack give them the component." Yeah, uh, he he finds them and he shuts the whole thing down. But the Chinese get away with the circuit board. It's damaged though. It is damaged. Yeah. And Audrey's safe, but she's also damaged. She's insane, a little bit. Well, she's, she's been drugged. Like she has like a hundred uh, needle injections she has in her. She is. Uh, she's like catatonic, uh, or non-responsive. She's. She's a vegetable. She's kind of programmed to say that phrase. Uh, Help me, Jack! Don't let them do this mm -hmm. to me. But other than that, she doesn't really understand what's going on. Yeah. To a degree. To a degree. She's. There, she's still in there. And so much, because she did uh, respond to Jack in some yeah. way. The Chinese, though, you know, they have to fix the circuit board. So in order to do that, they apparently get the help from Philip Bauer. Yep. You know, they should have got. Because he, he worked with Gredenko. So, I mean, why did they get the help from Morris O'Brien? Ah, he's a wimp. So Philip Bauer's uh, fixed uh, the circuit board. And his, his um, terms, in order to give it back to the Chinese, is get me Josh, uh, Joshua and so they have to raid CTU to do that and it, during the raid they kill Milo Pressman he was brought back this season just to get killed it's true well, he did a lot it's true he did, he did more lot. than he did last time so. oh, yeah. he was even out in the field a few times yeah being cool and stuff he was the, like basically he was the complete opposite of Morris he he actually accomplished stuff and and he was looked at, at as a hero, while Morris was looked at as like a traitor. And a traitor, yeah. yeah so. uh, well, coward maybe, yeah. Coward, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's killed, and Josh is actually taken. He's taken again to uh, uh, to stop the uh, circuit board from being in the wrong hands. No Daniels orders an attack on the oil rig where the Chinese are and where Philip Bar Bauer takes Josh. And the whole plan is uh, he's going to take Josh to China and he's going to be his legacy or something stupid like that. He's taking Josh to China because he thinks China is going to be basically the most powerful country in the future. It may be the most powerful country. I'm still not understanding why he had to go through the trouble of making the Chinese hit the most secure government in the world. I mean, That's he, how they got he can no, still go to China. No, he wants to take Josh with him because he wants to, you know, basically turn Josh into himself, just like he did with Graham. Okay, well, basically, once again, Jack, where Jack goes, the president must bomb. <laughs> <laughs> so he uh, goes to this oil rig to <laughs> stop it from, um, well, he first wants to put Philip Bauer to justice. 
he wants to save Joshua no matter what. Um, he wants to take uh, Chang into custody. Um, all before it's blown to smithereens. Well, he only has like a couple minutes. And he finds Josh, saves him, and he's about to take Philip, but he, Philip, decides to take the easy way out and just die within the explosion. The easy way out. And so, the... Actually, he's sort of still looking after his family because he knows Jack would not be able to carry him out of there. Mm -hmm. That's true, but I think it was more, more of a coward's way out. It's probably a little bit of both. Um, but yeah, he saves Josh. Phillips killed in the attack. And Jack, at this point, abandons the chopper and he decides to go see Audrey one last time. And instead of Audrey. Audrey. <laughs> and instead That's of a new one. Audrey. <laughs> Audrey. Audrey. And instead of choosing to be there for her, he lets the words of Heller get to him, believing he is wrong for Audrey, Audrey and will eventually get her killed. So he says goodbye to her, leaves her one last time, and the season concludes. And the subplots, we got a few subplots this season. One of the stupidest subplots I'll start with is the Sandra pa uh, Palmer uh, subplot. Oh yeah, that went nowhere. It was stupid from the get-go. It was a good exercise in showing racism of the country. It was it was all about racism, yes, but the as far as how it adds to the season, it was really dumb, especially when... Uh, the, the dude from the Matrix. The useful thing Sandra Palmer did this season was reviving Wayne. Yeah, she did that, but they could have, they couldn't, I guess, just bring her in randomly and be like, "Who the heck is this?" You have, you have to have a, a next of kin, and the only other person they could have do that is Wayne's wife, and I don't think Wayne had a wife, so. Right, Wayne, Wayne didn't have they, one. No. They invented a sister. None, uh, he would have had a wife if she didn't kill herself. Oh, oh. Julia. Julia. Um. But <laughs> but Sandra Palmer's uh, she's got a weird subplot. Her boyfriend was uh, convicted or assumed to be a terrorist, and he's put into this prison where they they think he's gonna get a good handle on who actually picked out a bunch of Arab people and put them in a prison. And he thinks he actually found the real terrorists, and it turns out they were just surfing Google or something and found information about the attacks. Basically, 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 the Americans thought that World War Two was a pretty good idea imprisoning all these people because of what they look like. <laughs> <laughs> that was Tom Lennox's uh, idea, actually. Oh, okay, Tom Lennox. Yeah. Well, and was it Tom Lennox or was it his, uh, his deputy? Uh, mm, Reed. Reed. Um, no, it, well, I think it was both of them. Uh, yeah. Tom had a very firm beliefs. Uh, a lot Reed, of them did. Reed was the more seedy of the two. Yeah. Uh, that brings us to Tom Lennox and the impossible band of the racist presidential cabinet. <laughs> You got you got Wayne Palmer, and everybody he hired onto his staff. I don't know if he got them from the KKK or. None of them were any other race but white, and they were all racist. Yeah, I don't think I don't think anybody. I don't think Wayne actually picked out his cabinet. It must have been uh, Tom Lennox because everybody on there had issues with with racism and and uh, like, liked war and would always go against what Wayne Palmer did. None of them made any sense to be even in the same party as him. Uh, they yeah. Doing they were doing, they were, none of them were listening to him. Yeah. It's probably because he was black. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, he made reasonable choices and these guys just weren't... I was trying to think in some kind of different light, maybe when everybody's racist that these would be reasonable uh, choices but they just didn't make sense they they went overboard like when when Wayne came back to power and he's he wanted to stop World War three and then Noah Dennett is like he's apparently not smart enough to do the right thing he's not he's not, he's not in his he's not in his right mind he's, they want to do uh, the 25th event. he wanted again yes um but uh, he doesn't he gets through that um and then there's the whole thing about Tom trying to conspire to kill Wayne Palmer, and then... Not Tom. Yeah, he, he, he was part of the no, team. No, 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 he wasn't actually. He, he, it was Reed. Reed's plan was to kill uh, Wayne Palmer, and Tom acted as if he was in on it because he was trying to gather information uh, to expose Reed. But 
eventually he he was he was too late and he got caught himself and they tied him up and but eventually he gave them up. So. Yeah. Um. So that's uh that w- that presidential the White House thing that was one of the biggest subplots Twenty Four has ever had because while it did affect Jack Bauer's story. For the most part, it didn't. For the most part, it was separate. And, I mean, it was all dealing with the uh, suicide attacks and, and the attacks on the nation and everything. They're both dealing with it. They were but related, but separate. How far as they're connected, there really weren't. And it was, like, almost completely equal sides. Yeah. And we really haven't seen that in a 24 season. I was, it, was, I thought it was good, too. It was a pretty decent one, too, yeah. Um relationships there's uh some subplots with relationships here um also wait uh, i like a lot of what they did with the white house stuff too because even though you had all these people that like in the beginning seemed like they're making bad choices like tom lennox or or uh or noah daniels um in the end they're all kind of redeemed Mm. you know you you see that they they see the error of their ways they start making better choices all in the end, so I think it was actually very well done because it doesn't make them to be total evil. You know, it gives them both sides. Same thing with Wayne Palmer; he started out good, and then he started making some weird decisions too. Yeah, so, yeah. But they were in the end; they were smart. They were smart, yeah. Um, the relationships this season. Uh, there was the Chloe and Morris thing. They actually kind of hinted, and Milo were in there somewhere too. Like Milo and Chloe dated at some point, and then Milo was with. Which timeline, timeline-wise, didn't really make much sense. But yeah, and then we were told <laughs> later on that Milo's with Nadia or something, and then, then Milo liked Nadia. Uh, Milo liked Nadia. Nadia liked Doyle. Um, I don't think she liked Doyle. I think she uh, admired him. Um, Bill and Karen, uh, they had uh, a lot of uh, same thing with Doyle with that uh, where he started out looking like like a jerk, and then he kind of redeemed himself. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's, it's a lot of that in this season. Or Bill and Karen, they have a lot of important things at the end. They are both, you know, they're fired from the job, but they're... Resigned respectfully. Res- resigned with their dignity still intact. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of hints between Jack and Marilyn, what's going on there. She really, really wants him. She's like, uh, <laughs> when Graham dies, she doesn't bat an eye, and she immediately goes to Jack and says, hey... She's like, I've been trying to get rid of Graham for a long time. She's like, listen, let's like, talk. Almost sounds like she played his death. Let's talk about <laughs> you and me. Let's talk about us. Let's talk about us, baby. Um, and then in the very uh, like tail end of the season, Noah Daniels is apparently dating this Lisa Miller girl who's dating a terrorist or a spy or whatever. Um, that was random. That was a random. Yeah, it was a little. Did wrong. not. It didn't actually. I guess they wanted to give Noah some personality. Yeah. But it was dumb. Um. It wasn't necessary. No. They. They. I think they redeemed him in other ways. Oh, as far as Doyle goes, he got exploded in the face. He's got. He's <laughs> got no eyes anymore. So, <laughs> that was later on. Um. Uh, another s- subplot here. We got Morris the drunk. Um, yes, when after he was interrogated, he felt so bad about what he did that he went back on his uh, alcoholism, started drinking again, but then he spat it out and he told everybody like ten times. Um, <laughs> so there's that, and that com- gave conflict to Chloe and his relationship. And, and then Chloe's like, you know, you know what you can stop doing? You can stop arming nuclear bombs for terrorists. <laughs> And then he said, we're done, and then she felt bad, and then she was pregnant. <laughs> Is that how it happened? Well, you see, when, when a man... He, he spat it out, and then she was pregnant. Wait. Oh, boy, this is going wrong. <laughs> All right, so basically, she, she did pass out in, in the show. We thought it was out of exhaustion, but it, apparently it was, it was part I of exhaustion. It's part of exhaustion, but it's also pregnancy. I don't really remember her being pregnant. I don't I remember her having a child. And I bet you, well, even if we do see her baby, it's it's the only time we see it, and then we never see Probably it again. Probably like the first episode next and season. And I bet you in season nine, we won't even know it exists. Well, I don't know. 
Um, She'll but, probably bring bring it into CPU for them to uh, you know babysit. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the uh, prologue or epilogue. Uh, sequel. Sequel. The uh, debrief. This was uh, it's sort of an epilogue, but it's it's actually takes it's, place. It's, uh, it's more, it seems to be more related to the pre prequel than the uh, season itself. If you don't know what we're talking about, it's called Twenty Four uh, Debrief. It's, it's on the DVD. It's on the DVD. Uh, it's it's kind of like the prequels, but it's instead it's after the season. It's fifteen minutes. It's a collection of uh, short mobisodes, and uh, it basically tells the to story. To sum the whole thing up, I didn't talk. Yeah, the whole the whole thing was uh, Jack's brought into CTU, <laughs> and he uh, he just keeps telling people he didn't talk to the Chinese. But it was kind of like a sequel to the prequel. It's so I think it would have made the thing is. The guy that they were talking, they said Jack uh, gave up one of their agents, mm. and he sort of did that in the prequel, but it was a different agent. I'm almost certain of it. So they could have gone that way with actually talking about what happened in the prequel, but they instead they talked about this other guy, which he did not give up. So I don't get really the point of it, but I think this this sequel thing would have been stronger if he actually did not give up anybody. I think prequel. I think it's actually important character-wise. He was talking to this guy in CTU, I forget his name, the, the agent in charge, uh, and he says, you better hope, you know, blah, 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 or I'm okay, going to come yeah. back and kill you. That reminds me. So you said this doesn't have anything to do with next season like a prequel would. I think the slight connection it might have with next season is he says, if I ever... If you ever see my face again, it's because I've come back to kill you, like you just said. Mm -hmm. The reason that's important is because if he was coming back to LACTU, he'd probably see that guy's face again. So he's not coming back to LACTU, he's going off. He's probably going to go... To Africa. Africa or something like that. <laughs> he's probably going to go to Africa. That's And then maybe, you know, uh, you know Washington, D.C. or New York or something, something like that. Something like that or like London, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Somewhere that's not L.A. Mm. He's, he's done with L.A., basically. Forever. What you could take away from that is either he's done with CTU entirely, or he's done with L.A. Right. Because CTU is also done. Yeah, sort of. This is the this is the end of CTU. For we don't know that yet. It's like disbanded when it comes back, right? Yeah. Because no more Jack means no more CTU. We could just shut this thing down, right on down. Yeah, Jack went away from CTU, and this they just kept failing and failing. They're like, this is not working, so we shut it down. That's um, the only redeeming quality of CTU. So, as far as notes go this season, uh, we have Jack Bauer. Uh, he's got an interesting start to the season. Um, and I think it's one of Kiefer's best representations of Jack, at least for the first four episodes. And after being held captive by the Chinese for two years, not saying a word, and it's easy to see how much he's actually changed. He was, like, really, really nervous, and he was, like, um, kind of... Those dazed out or something. This this season changed Jack a little bit. He he went through all this torture and he wasn't really comfortable with doing that to other people anymore. Mm -hmm. So it was a very very uh, as far as character development, I think it was very strong. Very strong for Jack. I I think they had uh, you know it. Just when you think you've seen Jack, you know. You don't know Jack, no. Uh, you, I think you, you actually, see, uh, I think it was very the first uh, the the premiere the first four episode premiere was very well done. Yeah. Um, Audrey, when we first started watching Twenty Four, uh, rewatching Twenty Four, we mostly remembered Audrey in the fourth season. We're like, okay, you know, season four, that's when Audrey shows up. But I think for the most part, we're thinking that's also where she leaves. <laughs> when we were watching, we're like, all right, this is the season well, the where she's is, in, and that's it. The thing is, when you, when a show is this old, sometimes things get mushed together, so we just remember Season Audrey. 4, 5, and 6 are all connected. One, two, really one two, and 3 are most connected. 4, 5, and 6 are also most connected. They're all really connected, but yeah, those are the more trilogy-based seasons. They're, yeah, they're kind of like trilogy seasons, a little bit. But um, the reason, the thing is, though, if you think about it, the people you remember in the show are... For the most part, just the people who have been in multiple seasons. Yeah. Very rarely will you remember somebody who was only in one season, like uh, Jamie, for example. You'll remember Jamie. Jamie yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's rare though. 
Yeah, I remember Jamie. I, I remembered a few others like that. Uh, I remembered Marilyn. Oh, well, what's his... And I remember the other Bowers, too. Yeah, and then there was uh, Siler, but that was... He was two seasons, right? No, he was one. He was one? Yeah, he was um, season uh, three. The season as a whole, I'm, I was actually pretty impressed. I don't think it's quite as good as the fifth season, but it's really close, I think. It's the first time since the third season that the show's actually gone back to two main acts, which was the suitcase nukes and the sub-circuit board, and it finally felt like um, it was back to the good old days. And as far as pers uh, personality goes, this is also very personal for Jack, because the whole thing has to do with his family, brother, father, sister-in-law, slash, slash ex, uh, nephew, ex, uh, it, and girlfriend. Yes, Audrey. Yeah. But she's also the ex. Because she broke up with him. Oh, I, was, I thought you were talking about Marilyn. Oh, yeah. Sister-in-law <laughs> slash ex and other ex and nephew. And uh, the whole him being disoriented after China was also very personal. So it was a very, very, very personal season. Yep. And uh, his attitude towards torture has changed. Yeah, and, uh, but it kind of changed. Well, that kind of dialed down for the the end of the season he Not was really. pretty he much really did it again. He never really tortured anybody this season. Think about it. Oh. And what you he, know he's he's been scarred a little bit. You know physically too. Man, yeah. his back. That's crazy. That was fun. Uh and, and his his hand. his hand was nasty looking, yeah. And over Can the keep that up over for the future season? His hand? Probably not. No. Over the last few seasons, you could probably actually draw up a diagram into the Palmer assassination conspiracy. Oh, yeah. Which the last is, two seasons, yeah. Yeah. There's would, a big hierarchy for that. It's, it's it would be interesting to write out a, a whole diagram of who was responsible for what. I wonder if anybody's actually done that online. Well, probably. I think they might have. Uh, even though a lot of what they did for it and how they explained it was a little bit over the top, how everybody had to do something with it, and oh, it, oh, yeah, there's always somebody else. It it kind of got over the top, but I, I think it'd be interesting to try to, to draw up a diagram. It's a very in-depth conspiracy, basically. So compare and contrast. I think we both said last time that uh, the best season overall was Day Five. I still agree. I still I still agree. Uh, I was I was seriously doubting that when I first saw the first of the season though, uh, the because that first four episodes again was really uh, insane. I think it was the highest to date. Um, it was the it was the most uh, most viewed. And I don't know. I don't care about viewers. I'm just saying like the most impressive. Best threat. That's uh, well. This one's a pretty darn good threat because the bomb actually exploded. That yeah. and then the whole the whole country is like racist now. So <laughs> the threat is racism. <laughs> no, I think it's uh the most impressive successful terrorist attack, obviously. Uh possibly the most powerful attack that occurs in the entire series. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure either. But, does it supersede the virus? The threat? I don't think it's as memorable, but... No, it's not as memorable. But, does that mean it's not the best? I'm going to have to say, again, no, it's not as good as the virus. Uh, number one, it's not as memorable, like you said. And number two, the virus can potentially kill everybody. Last time, we <laughs> okay, we're going to say the virus on that one. Uh, last time for best Jack, we said day five. Um, so, day six, what do you think? I think ac acting-wise... As far as acting-wise goes, I'm going to say six for Best Jack. Is that what Best Jack is about? It's about his character development. Character, um, if you're going to say character development and acting, I'd go with day six for sure. Because he, he had some of the best performances this season. Like, it was crazy. His character was, like, insane good. Um... And how much change he's been through is insane. How they were able to do that. Um, best written season? Best written. Let's go with season five. Season five is still there. Yeah, I think so. Uh, worst season, day four. 
<laughs> but we're uh, best non-Jack character this season. Ooh, uh, best non-Jack character this season. Nadia. From the list I have here is the, here. Here's the list of non-Jack characters. We got Bill, uh, Chang, Curtis Manning, Graham Bauer. Uh, Gradenko, Josh Bauer, Marilyn Bauer, Mike Doyle, uh, Milo Pressman, Morris O'Brien, Nadia Yasser, Philip Bauer, Tom Len I keep saying Lennox, but uh, Lennox, Vice President Noah Daniels, or Wayne Palmer. I'm going with Nadia. You're going with Nadia. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. I think she had a really interesting character development throughout the season. I'm thinking, Gradenko. No, no, no. Well, well, Bill was also very good this season. Bill was good, but he wasn't as good as he's been in yeah, okay, right, right. in my opinion. There's also Curtis's last season, because uh, he was killed. Uh, 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 yeah, Curtis was good one of the other seasons. But, uh, I think I'm going to go with Morris. Really? Morris was pretty good. He, I'm going to go with Morris because he spat it out. That, see, that, to me, that and some of the conflict between him and Chloe was a little annoying to me. So I, I I didn't quite go with with uh, with Morris for that, but I think Nadia he w he was interesting. Nadia is important because number one, she's Muslim, so she's very relevant to the whole racism aspect of the season. And I think her character development with uh, she has good interaction with uh, Bill and with uh, with Milo and with uh, Doyle. There's a lot of uh, interesting things that happen between those and Nadia, and I think uh, this is the last time. Interesting. The last time we see her, though. It is the last. And she's time not going to show up again. I think she should have come back. I think it, it would have been a good idea for her to bring her back, but since we're leaving LA, that's probably why. Most of the people are going to be disappearing for a while. Um, but an, an impressive list of people are still going to return. Yeah, um, but I think I, I think Morris is cool. He was introduced last time, but his importance was not as big. I think Morris will be back for a short period. I don't think he'll be back full time. Yeah. Because he's going to be with Chloe. Chloe! <laughs> and Chloe's going to be back, though. Chloe's a uh, funny name. Chloe! And then Jack Bowers. Jack Bowers! But that was uh, day six. Um, join us on. Jeez. Uh, April the 28th for day 7 and redemption discussion. Um, really? Mm-hmm. Dang. That's really getting close. Yeah, the, the, we're going to talk on the 28th about season 7 and redemption, and then we're going to talk the next week on May 5th uh, for day 8, and then later on that day, obviously, is uh, the first episode of Live Another Day, and then our next podcast would be the next day, right? Yeah. The next day. So, so the sixth? Yeah. So the 6th of... Uh, so the next few episodes are going to be... This is going to be on the 14th. <laughs> You're saying that after it's already released. Yes. This is on the 14th. And then the next episode is the 28th. The one after that is the 5th. And then the one after that is the 6th. And then from then on, it's going to be every week. Which, by the way, the sixth is going to be our next season of Smaller on the Outside for uh, for Live Another Day. But as it is next season, or next next season, next episode is going to be again on season seven and twenty four Redemption, the the uh, TV movie that they had out um, before the seventh season. We could do a mini podcast on that if you wanted to. Do a mini podcast to do it in between the. <laughs> we wanted to. I don't think there's enough stuff in the movie. I think yeah, I was mostly right. disappointed by what the movie had, but from my recollection, I don't know. It's only like two episodes, so yeah, for the most part. So except the extended version is more like three, I think. So. Yeah, oh, yeah. I don't know if, it, if that's exactly that. That one? Like I don't think it's that much more. I think it's actually more like fifteen minutes more. So. All right. So anyway. Thank you for joining us on Smaller on the Outside. My name is Dave, and I am the CTU agent. My name is Andy, and I am the analyst. <laughs>
right. <laughs> uh, join us next time. Give us a comment on uh, Stitcher, WordPress, Podomatic, iTunes. Mm. <coughs> and podcast Pokey Rap. <laughs> podcast Rap. And uh, peace out. Peace out. Thank you for listening to Smaller on the Outside. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and visit our website at sodapodcast.wordpress.com.